This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can also join me for my live show five days a week, 9 a.m. to noon on AM 670 KMZQ. If you forget all that, you can also check out HeidiHarris.com, where my books are up there, blog posts, obviously podcast archives, and there's a link to listen live to the show from anywhere at HeidiHarris.com. Dr. Kelly Victory joins me every single week for hashtag facts, not fear, information about COVID, the vaccines, what's going on with incentives. Uh, some people are saying they would get the vax if they got a hundred bucks. We had a great chat as we do every week. Here's my chat with Dr. Kelly Victory, president of Victory Health. The latest was, of course, Dr. Fauci said, well, by next Mother's Day, we'll probably be back to normal. Huh? What happened to July 4th? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's an ever-moving goalpost, uh, Heidi. Uh, And unfortunately, um, I think that people have started to predict this. Whatever date comes out, whether it's Easter or then Memorial Day, then Fourth of July, we know that it's going to continually move because, unfortunately, mass vaccination has become the end in and of itself. It really has nothing to do any longer, uh, obviously, with overwhelming the healthcare system. It has nothing to do with the total number of cases. It has nothing to do with who's being hospitalized or, God forbid, who's dying. It's all about mass vaccination. And unfortunately, Dr. Fauci is going to continue to move the goalpost until he is able to drive vaccination. That's true. Dr. Kelly Victory, President of Victory Health, Disaster Preparedness, Response Training, Healthcare Reform, Healthcare Policy. She's a consultant for medical devices and expert in a lot of these fields. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy listening to this guy because he can't make up his mind from Monday to Tuesday, or as you said, it's all about mass vaccinations. Do you think, Dr. Victory, that we have reached the threshold and how many people are actually willing to do this? Because last numbers I saw, and we don't know if those numbers are true or not, Something like 30% of America has been fully vaccinated and 40-something percent have had their first dose. I mean, is this pretty much going to be about the limit of people who are going to do it? Well, there's no question that we have reached a plateau. Um, People will continue to kind of trickle in as uh, additional data comes in on the safety and efficacy of the vaccine. But this is exactly what you would predict. And it's not just with vaccines. It's with any new item. I don't care if it's a new iPhone or a new uh, version of, a, of an automobile. You have the people who are lined up hours beforehand who camp out on the sidewalk the night before so they can be first in line. And then you get the people who are very anxious to get in the queue uh, and get their shot or to buy their product. Uh, and then the people who are a little bit more cautious or suspicious start saying, well, you know, I'm kind of going to wait and see what happens. And then you have the holdouts. So this is predictable, but I do think we've reached a plateau. And things like the uh, sidelining of Johnson & Johnson uh, in the light of the uh, significant issues that they were having with blood clots and the mounting evidence of adverse events that are happening with all of the vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna uh, for certain, as that mounts and as people hear and see more evidence that people are not flying through the vaccine process necessarily seamlessly, you can expect more and more people to have vaccine hesitancy. Yeah, I can understand that. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory, hashtag facts, not fear. She joins us every medical Monday. A friend of mine works at a casino in town, sent me a picture. They had a little poster up on the wall there where you clock in that said they're having some kind of a contest. You know, send us a picture of your vax card and be entered to win. Because I guess they realize they really can't 
force people. But, you know, on the other hand, if you're a casino and you want to be able to open and say you're 100% open, you know, shouldn't that be their right? I mean, we, we, I go back and forth on this mentally. Well, the issue right now is you are correct. All of these vaccines, Heidi, are only being used under emergency use authorization, meaning none of them are FDA approved. None of them have gone through the rigorous testing that they would require in order to get FDA approval. So at this point in time, it is a breach of federal law for an employer or any other uh, organization to mandate or otherwise coerce uh, someone to take a vaccine. And that includes all the universities and schools who are saying, well, we're not mandating the vaccine, but you can't return to campus or you can't live in the dormitory or you can't finish your degree if you don't. That's known as coercion, and it's a frank breach of federal law. Uh, It's likewise with the casinos and the cruise ships. They can try to push people, but it won't stand up to a uh, to a court challenge. Um, I think that people have a right to make an informed decision, and the concept of autonomy in healthcare is sacrosanct. As physicians, we cannot foist upon people treatments or medications or to participate in something if they don't want to participate. That's a breach of the Nuremberg Code, and it's something that uh, physicians used to hold dear. It really frightens me to see how many physicians are now complicit in this coercion. Yeah, it's amazing. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. That's been amazing to me how many doctors have jumped on board this. So let's go back to the college thing for a second. I think it's something like 100 colleges now they are going to require this. I would imagine, to your point, that if somebody were to sue, that they these colleges would ultimately lose. But in the meanwhile, these kids could lose a, a semester, a year, or more of schooling, or the schools would find a way to kick them out or replace them with somebody else. I mean, these kids work so hard all their lives to get into college, only to have those dreams shattered when they're trying to force something illegal on them. It, precisely. And that's the problem is that they they would fail a legal challenge. But you're exactly right that not everyone has the luxury of waiting and just holding that spot in line and working or putting off, delaying their education, delaying uh, getting their degree, because that's the thing that commonly keeps them from entering the workforce. Uh, so it is a form of coercion and fear of reprisal, which is what these kids have. They're concerned that if I don't get the vaccine that I don't think I need or that I don't want or that I, I am concerned about the health risks of this, um, then they are concerned that they will uh, suffer some some consequences that they can't tolerate. And again, I am very pro-vaccine, but vaccines need to be tested And furthermore, every individual needs to go through that risk-benefit calculation, meaning is their own personal risk from the virus, in this case, or any other illness, significant enough that it outweighs the risks that are inherent in the vaccine. So that calculation is very different if you're an 85-year-old obese diabetic living in a nursing home your calculation is very different from a 22-year-old healthy co-ed who's just trying to get through a college degree. Uh, people under the age of 50 who don't have underlying health conditions have a very, very, very low risk of having a bad outcome from COVID-19. And people under the age of 18 have essentially a zero risk of right. having a bad outcome. 
So doing that risk risk benefit calculation on the vaccines is very important, uh, and it's it's something that I think young people should really take a hard look at it before they sign up to get a uh, an experimental treatment. Yeah, I agree. We're sticking with Dr. Kelly Victory. Hashtag facts not fear. You can find her on Twitter at Dr. Kelly Victory. Another thing that I find interesting is that people are just so averse to suffering. I mean, I, I had COVID and I'm not just, it's not about me. Most people I know, almost nobody I know got it worse than I did. And I just was knocked on my butt for two weeks. But I got through it. I suffered. I sweated it out. I felt like crap. I felt like I've been run over by a truck, but I made it. My gosh, everybody's so freaked out. Well, what if I What if I get a sniffle? What if I get sick? What if I have aches? Oh, my gosh, people. Is that part of it, doctor? I think it is. Well, part of it is that. But it's really the fear that's been fomented by the mainstream media and by powers that be like uh, Anthony Fauci. The reality is... Nearly 100% of people have some element of bad side effects from the vaccine itself. So you can pretty much guarantee that you're going to have pain at the injection site, that you're going to feel achy, that you will develop a fever, that you will feel flu-like symptoms for a minimum of one to two days. So you're, you're guaranteed to feel lousy, uh, with rare exception, after getting the vaccine. The good news about going through what you went through, nobody wants to feel lousy for two weeks. But the reality, Heidi, is you have the best form of immunity now to COVID-19. People who have had the virus itself have far broader, far longer lasting immunity than people who get a vaccine. The vaccines are targeted towards a specific variant. Uh, we have no idea how well they will do against the other variants. And in all likelihood, you will need continued boosters. Even the vaccine manufacturers are saying that. Whereas somebody like you or me and the millions of other people who had COVID and got over it are likely going to have immunity for decades. That's what we learned from SARS back in the early 2000s. People who had SARS back in 2004 still to this day have ongoing T-cell immunity, you know, 15, 16 years later. Interesting. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victor because I heard somebody say on the radio, not mentioning who, say on the radio when somebody called him and said, well, I've already had COVID, so I think I'm good. That's not why I'm getting the vaccine. Well, that's why you should get the vaccine. Then you're going to be, you know, then you'll be golden. Then you'll have 100% immunity. I'm thinking that defies everything. I'm not a doctor. You are, Dr. Kelly Victory. But I'm thinking that defies everything medical science has ever taught us about immunity. That's correct. That, that's correct. It's absolutely not only does that defy what we know about immunity, Heidi, but it's downright dangerous for people who have had and recovered from COVID recently to get vaccinated. Even the CDC itself says you should wait 90 days before recover, before getting vaccinated after you've recovered from COVID. Uh, COVID recovered people, people with existing immunity to COVID-19, were specifically eliminated from the trials. They were not included in any of the tests that were done so far on these vaccines. So we have really very little idea what repercussions they may have, what kind of adverse events they may suffer, whether or not they'll set up a cytokine storm, those sorts of things. So not only, uh, you know, if you've had chicken pox or measles or mumps, you don't go out and get vaccinated for those things. Absolutely. You've already had it. Yep. You have immunity. 
Yeah, Same thing with COVID-19. Seems to me. It makes perfect sense to me. Dr. Kelly Victory is here. We're going to take a quick break. Come back with Dr. Kelly Victory. She's going to stay till the top of the hour. She's president of Victory Health, disaster preparedness, response training. She's a consultant for medical devices and healthcare service delivery. Uh, just an expert in a lot of these areas. I want to talk to you coming up about incentivizing people to get the shot. A lot of people who are vaccine skeptics, I love that. They don't call us questioning anymore. They say you're a vaccine skeptic, uh, are saying they might get it if they got 100 bucks. We'll get to that with Dr. Kelly Victor coming up next. I'm Heidi Harris. There's a new poll that says 79% of people who oppose the COVID-19 vaccine will never, ever change their minds. And then other people will say, well, I could be, I could have my mind changed for a hundred bucks. What do you say to that, doctor? <laughs> well, it's really problematic, Heidi, and here's why. Uh, it is unethical at best and, and likely uh, illegal. Uh, again, this falls under the Bailey, under the umbrella of uh, medical autonomy. Uh, offering people money truly uh, is a significant breach of ethics when it comes to health care. It's one thing to offer somebody, you know, a, a water bottle or a baseball cap, but when you start offering somebody cash in order to participate in something that they wouldn't otherwise participate in, you've crossed a, uh, a moral and ethical line in healthcare. If I were running a study at a hospital, for example, uh, and offering people cash to participate, The IRB, the Independent Review Board of the hospital, would not only throw my study out, but I'd likely lose my medical privileges, if not my medical license. Mm. Because for somebody who's a low-income worker, for example, $100 or $500 we're offering them, that's a significant incentive. And they, you can, it's a form of coercion. You are getting them to participate in or to do something that they wouldn't have otherwise done, but you are giving them uh, enough money to make it worth it for them, and that's not right. As I said, it's at, at best an ethical breach, if not downright illegal, and I have a real problem with it. Uh, you want to give somebody something, you know, give them a baseball hat that says, you know, I got, I got the shot, uh, but offering people cash, no way. Interesting. We're through with Dr. Kelly Victory. Now, how does that differ from, for example, the the, the uh, studies they're going to do now on teenagers? They were going to they were looking for some here and for some other states. They were looking for teenagers like twelve to seventeen, and they were offering by the time you get done with everything like a thousand dollars total money for the compensation, whatever. How does that differ for the, from that? It's well when you're participating in a study, uh, you you can pay people to participate in a. Study Um, and generally, what you do is you're offering to pay their their medical bills if they have any problems or any adverse effects from it. Um, So the the rules are a little different when it comes to enrolling people in a study, and you generally can offer them forms of compensation that would cover, for example, their travel if they need to stay someplace, if they're getting admitted to the hospital, uh, lab testing, those sorts of things. Okay, that makes sense to me, Dr. Kelly Victory. Always great to have you every Monday. I'm going to push the, put this up, of course, on my podcast. Dr. Kelly Victory, follow her on Twitter for Facts Not Fear. Thank you so much, Doctor. Always great. Have a great week, Heidi, and we'll talk next Monday. Absolutely. Look forward to it. If you are looking for more great conversations like that or my snarky take on what's happening locally or nationally, depending on what the big stories of the day are, tune in for my live show, 9 a.m. to noon on AM 670 KMZQ in Las Vegas. And, of course, check out HeidiHarris.com or subscribe to these podcasts anywhere you get podcasts. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell.